Hello, everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season four and episode five. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. It is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three. The Lord speaks to the prophet while he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes, but not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. This week, I wanted to talk about sacrifice and specifically during this time, many people celebrate Lent and they take the time in these 40 days to give themselves to God, meaning giving up something so that they might grow closer to him. So it is befitting that I talk about Jesus and the wilderness. And you can find this story as I'm reading it from Luke chapter four, verse one through 13. It said, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He says to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. So I asked the question, how's it going? It's only been a few days since the beginning of Lent. Have you had to fight your way through any challenges? Hopefully you haven't given in. There are all kinds of warfare. They involve fighting or taking part in a struggle that involves using weapons. And there is a, we there is a warfare on a personal level, which is choosing between good and evil, or there could be a warfare, warfare on the attack of your mind, challenging you on how you think. And then there's that physical warfare where there's an invasion of your body. Can anyone say COVID or some of these other noroviruses and some of these other things that are out there? And then there's the spiritual war, that thing that affects your emotions, is subtle things sometimes that are said or done. And it happens when you're trying to grow your faith, when you're trying to grow spiritually. But Jesus shows us he demonstrates how you can win in war. 
I'm reminded when I think of physical war, I'm reminded of Muhammad Ali. Ali's most tangible ring assets were, uh, and meaning in the ring when he's fighting, were speed, superb footwork, and the ability to give a punch. But perhaps more importantly, he had the courage and all the other things that go into making a great fighter. Ali, when he was asked about his preparation for fighting, he said, I read everything I could where he had been, he, everything he could when he, when he had been interviewed. He said, I talked with people who had been around me and I talked um, with them just to understand them better. He said he would lay in bed and put all of the things together and think about them and try to get a picture of how their mind worked. And then when I think of a mental uh, warfare, I think of Adolf Hitler. He was greatly influenced by the psychological tactics of warfare that the British had employed during World War I. I'm not trying to give a history lesson, but I'm trying to give you some examples. Because see, psychological warfare involves planned propaganda and other kinds of psychological operations to try and, and influence, to influence attitudes or people or emotions and behavior. And then there's spiritual. When I think of a spiritual war, I think of the Apostle Paul. Paul was a great soldier. He endured grave hardship. He suffered tremendously, but he never retreated from the front lines. There he was relentlessly engaged in battle with the enemies of God. He didn't shirk away from war. He didn't shirk away from fighting when it came for fighting for Christ. No one wants to go to war and no one wants to fight. Fighting isn't easy, and preparation takes more than physicality. It is also mental preparation and spiritual preparation. You need a mind, as the old folks used to say, that is stayed on Jesus. It reminded me of that old song, I woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on Jesus. And they would say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The war I'm speaking about to you today is a war that occurs when trying to grow spiritually. And the tactic that the devil uses is temptation. He comes after you with the things he believes you desire, your flesh desires. His tactic is temptation. The, the desire to do something, especially something that's wrong or unwise. Uh, uh, it's a course of action that attracts or tempts those, tempts you, tempts you in what you like because he knows what you like. There are many temptations in life. And there are people out there who will tempt you to challenge your beliefs about God and your thoughts about God. Trying to resist temptation, or let's say, let's say it differently, trying to resist the devil is not as easy as it sounds. Some things pull at the very essence of who you are. Some are hidden things that no one knows about, that stuff you do when you get home and close the door and figure no one's looking, yet those things weigh you down. It's like a force of gravity, the point that you can't tear away from it. You do it or you succumb to it, even though you don't want to. Let's think about some of those things. How about eating? Maybe shopping, drinking, maybe it's gluttony or laziness. You fill in the blanks. It's like a magnet. You can't tear away from it. The only way to escape a force of gravity is by moving away from the gravitational field. When fasting or letting something go to grow your faith, you got to move away from it. You can't have it around. You have to deliberately 
put yourself in a space where it doesn't draw you. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, he said, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common in humanity. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Jesus understood temptation in this fourth chapter of Luke. Within 40 days, Jesus is tempted at least three times. You have probably heard the scripture before, but there's always something new, or this particular scripture, scripture you may have heard before, but there's always something new you can get from it. Jesus is getting ready for a war, a fight. But notice something, he didn't choose the fight. The word says he was led into the wilderness. This text answers the questions of who led him into the wilderness. <clears throat> it was the spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness, into this place of temptation, into a fight. So there are several lessons we can get out of this text. And the first one is God can and will allow you to be tempted. He can and he will. The power of God will work in you through you so that you can defeat the enemy. But you will have to fight. Before going into any battle, I encourage you, pray. <clears throat> the word says in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Trying to fight a spiritual battle with human weapons is a recipe for defeat. You need the spirit of the living God going before you and with you if you want to succeed. Before you decided on a sacrifice, I hope you prayed. And hopefully God revealed that thing that keeps you from growing closer to him and growing closer with him. Again, verse one was said, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and led by the spirit. So notice that he just was he wasn't just full of the spirit. You can be full of the spirit and, and the spirit can still lead you into challenging situations. He, he was led by the spirit. He was full of the spirit and he was un, he what but he wasn't unarmed. You don't know where God will lead you. He led Jesus into this barren place, a place known for lack, lack of resources. Now, when I think of a wilderness, I think of empty places. It's a place of intense experiences an area of need like food and water, like the children of Israel experienced in the desert. Or maybe it's an empty place of isolation like Elijah and that still small voice when he was hiding in that cave. Or maybe Hagar, uh, concerned of deliver divine deliverance of danger, Hagar and Ishmael when they were sent away from Abraham's home. And maybe of encounters of revelation like Moses and the burning bush. We don't know what you will face in the desert, but a desert is a lack of resources. And deserts can be your own home. I know growing up, my home was a desert. We had much lack. But let's kind of stay focused here. You don't want to hear my woes. God will allow you to be tempted to test your faith. A wilderness experience is a challenging time. It's often tough when you are challenged to endure hardship and suffering. During that time, the things that once brought you joy no longer bring joy. It can be intense and feel physically and spiritually draining and, and you feel defeated. 
But it doesn't just have to be physical like food and water. It can be also financial or emotional. And I dare say even spiritually challenging your belief in God. It is a test that God may have appointed for you for such a time as this. Satan tested Jesus with things of the flesh, but we don't walk in the flesh. Romans 8 and 1 tells us, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You will be tempted, but when you're tempted, this is lesson one, pray. Pray for God's deliverance. Pray for God's protection. Pray for his relief. Pray for salvation and pray by all means for strength. But most of all, pray. Lesson two we get from this scripture, Jesus didn't go into the wilderness alone and neither do you. The Bible tells us that Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was God, shouldn't he already have possessed the Holy Spirit? Well, you have to go back to Luke chapter three, verses 21 and 22 to understand that. Let me read those verses for you. It said, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy, don't miss that. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. It would be best if you didn't miss this. Notice that Jesus didn't, didn't easy for me to say, notice that Jesus didn't distinguish himself from the others that were being baptized. It said people were being baptized. Jesus was baptized too. One would think that Jesus should have had the seat of royalty or been baptized first. Why wasn't he? Instead, he identified with those that were being baptized and he was showing what could be done by the power of the spirit. Jesus was identifying with the commoner and he was showing what could be done in the natural to experience the supernatural. Notice it said, he, as he was praying, heaven opened up and the Lord spoke to him, which confirmed Jesus's identity. You will that same power, brothers and sisters. That's the lesson in lesson two. You aren't going into the wilderness alone and neither Jesus didn't and you won't either or don't have to. Lesson number three, it reminds us that God will not tempt us above what we are able to endure. Jesus was was without food for a substantial period. Some of you can't go without food for 40 minutes, much less 40 days. But remember, God does not tempt us above what we're able to handle. Jesus' ability to endure was because he was filled with the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit of God, nourished, and it nourished him from the inside, giving him the power to be able to withstand 40 days without food or water. And notice I said he had power, not will. Willpower will forsake you. God's power will sustain you. So remember lesson three, God doesn't tempt us beyond what we're able to, to, to stand. I remember one time I did a 40-day fast, but it wasn't to grow closer to Christ. It was a personal thing I was doing and it wasn't successful. You have to, if you really want to win a war, if you're really trying to accomplish something based on God's will, you got to include God in it. Lesson four, the devil is in the desert. Notice Jesus, full of the spirit, was led by the spirit. 
But also notice in verses five and nine of verses one through 13 of Luke chapter four, it says the devil led him. So notice he wasn't just led by the spirit of God. The devil has a spirit too, and he was leading him. Jesus was led by the spirit, but also led by Satan. You need to be able to distinguish between the voice of God and the voice of Satan. Don't think you won't be tempted just because you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the time you're going to be tempted the most. Lesson four, the devil is in the desert. Lesson number five, the desert will show you what you're made of. Notice that the devil repeated in verse three, if you are the son of God. And in verse seven, he says, if you worship me. And then verse nine, he says, if you are the son of God again, the desert experience will test you, convict you or challenge you. Every time Jesus was tempted, he had a response. God's word that had more power than any temptation. He used scripture in every circumstance. Every word of God and scripture is more powerful in battle because when you draw on God's word, you draw on supernatural power. In this period of sacrifice, you're going to be challenged. Some of you have already been so. The Lord knows what you can handle, what you can take. Remember, no temptation has seized you except what's common to man. Satan will tempt you with the desire to satisfy yourself, to satisfy your flesh, the lust of your eyes for what others have and the pride of life, titles and position. Yet he will not tempt you. God won't allow him to tempt you above what you're able to stand. He will provide you a way of escape. So when you experience trials, when you experience temptation, when you feel like you're in a war, in this period of sacrifice, pray that the Lord gives you the strength and the power to endure. Speak his word. The scripture has a word to overcome, or I'll say the Bible has a word to overcome every snare of the devil. And most of all, trust. Trust that he will bring you out and show you the power you possess. The book of Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. God is faithful. Finally, I want to leave you with Psalms 84 and 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them that walk upright. Jesus's life was leading to the cross leading to the finished work of Christ that God had for us, for salvation, for us all, and a promise of heavenly dwelling when this life is over. That's a place we'll be forever. No more sickness, no more pain where every day is Sunday and Sabbath has no end. Your walk leads to glory. Until next time, brothers and sisters, be sure to see the sunrise to see Christ in your everyday situations.